As Mother's Day approaches, we are proud to honor the Black mothers on the front lines of this global pandemic, the ones fighting for the most disproportionately affected community. The doctors and nurses standing between us and tragedy, the essential workers keeping us fed, the policymakers fighting to keep their cities safe, and the reporters bringing us life-saving news. Their work must not be overlooked as they care for our families and their own. This Mother's Day, Essence Podcast Network is proud to celebrate these incredible women with a Yes Girl Podcast limited series event, highlighting their lives and daily contributions to society. Yes Girl Podcast is part of the Essence Podcast Network. You can hear and subscribe on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and anywhere you listen to audio. Hey, Colleen Marie, sister, how are you? I'm good. I am about to wrap up my time in Florida. So you right now, I'm sitting outside. You can hear the wind in the back. I'm about to head back up north. But I'm really excited um, to be back in my own kitchen because I am inspired by this week's guest. Girl, this week's guest has me feeling like I can live off the land if I needed to. But I know I'm not there yet, but she does make it look easy. She does. Who are we talking to this week, Charlotte Penn? Khalees! Queen of milkshakes! Queen of milkshakes and barfing. Milkshake, uh, uh, uh. Damn right. It's better than your... I just wanted to sing that with her so badly, but I was like, you know, we're talking about like gardening and onions and, you know, kids, so I'll chill. But that's You don't know how many times when we've talked to uh, artists that I'm in the background being like, don't say it. Don't sing it. Don't hum it. Don't do it. I know. You ever wonder if they're just like so over their singles? Because like you live with it in your heart forever. But I wonder if like, but then I did, I did bring up that Milkshake remix. And she was like, I felt a little like she blushed. You know what? I think she was impressed because she was like, oh, you're talking about the remix. And you, and think about it, those remixes back, remixes back then, you know, not everybody talked about them big, big. You know what I mean? But yeah, the fact that you like pulled in the crates. Cakes. Yeah, yes. they were more like mixtape moments or like light radio play. You're right, like those remixes. No, but we had a lot of fun with Khalees. She was just so zen in her house, at home, on her farm in California. She was talking with us about her new series, Cooked with Cannabis, which, um, you know, I do not particularly partake. But the way they have it set up on the show, I would not mind trying it. You know what I mean? The way it's infusing the food. I'm, I'm actually actually kind of open to it, especially these days. Girl, that food looks good on the show. I've been so binging good. everything and I was so happy that that was available because it made me feel like I could get in the kitchen and have some fun. Seeing her and you actually said a good thing about um, the fact that she's living off her land. I'm trying to think of what, a, what kind of skill or life hack I should start improving upon just to kind of get through, to get through these times. Well, I've decided I'm going to get into my yard. I know okay. that like plants make us happy. They provide oxygen. <laughs> I think, you know, I just want to be like Oprah and Khalees. So I got a little shovel, Corey. I got some topsoil. I plan to mask it up and head to the greenhouse this okay. weekend. And I'm going to plant some bushes in my yard. Um, because I'm going back to Brooklyn and I do not have a yard. I think I'm going to keep myself a little bit more in the home space. But I have re-picked up sewing 
Uh, my sewing skills are pretty, pretty low, but Jillian, um, that we've been really blessed. The house we've been staying at has a pool and Jillian's bathing suit, these straps needed shortening. And I was like, I think I'm going to sit here and sew them a little tighter for you. And I did break a needle, like a broken needle. That's okay. It's my first time, but I was able to, to, uh, get it together and it doesn't look horrible. I won't show my mother, but it, it did the job. It did the job. Great. You've got me thinking, right? You know how like we used to always be like, what would you do in the zombie apocalypse or apocalypse? Like, people used to just joke like, what would you trade, right? What skills? Like Khalees obviously could help you grow vegetables. You could obviously sew new clothes, right? I have nothing to, to trade. Like I, I could help you organize your toilet paper. Like, I'm really thinking about, like, usable skills. I think your I usual don't have skill. Any. No, for, you do. For the you apocalypse. Have... Well, I was going to say, you're witty as hell. Okay, so you. I'm sure, yes, when we're, you know, down and the dust is settled, we'll be like, we need a, a catchphrase right now. Charlie, Where's Charlie? No, but seriously, I really don't know how to sew or knit, and I want to learn. You know, so it's great that you can do that. I'm you... not the best cook. I've never gardened, but I'm going to get into all these things. You remind me of one of my favorite books I read in my 20s, and it was called, I believe, Confessions of a Domestic Goddess. No, <laughs> The Undomestic Goddess. All right, I'm going to figure it out, and I'm going to send you the link. It was a British-based book, but it was all about this woman who was a high-powered financial expert, but somehow she ended up losing her job, but, you know, the market crashed or whatever. So she had to run to the British uh, suburbs or the hills or wherever basically where Jane Austen lived. And she took a job as a domestic because she was just so crazy and didn't know anything. Like she didn't know how to clean. She didn't know how to cook. She did not know anything about running a household and she had to learn it. And by the end of it, she found that life was more fulfilling than it was her being in the hustle and bustle of London doing finance. Okay, I definitely. Uh, need that's to what read you kind of remind me. That's what you remind me. I'm gonna find out the title of the book and I'm gonna send it to you. Yeah, I mean, I'm feeling that way. I mean, let me always like let me just give the disclaimer, y'all. I do, I can clean. I do clean. I can, you know, make some chicken. But when I say I can't cook, can't clean, I never really, you know, mastered it. I think you know, growing up without my mom being there or like my dad was just like working, working, working. I don't. I think there were some things I just didn't take to like other people. But it's already happening, Corey. To your point, like I just take pride right now in so many things that I didn't have time to do well. And now I'm doing them well and, you know, and digging in. Like you would really think I'm like walking around my house like I'm Martha Stewart or whoever. Like I'm just like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. We wallpapered our, um, the wall behind our bed. I have to send it to you. It looks so good. Like I've just been doing all the little things. So well, I'm okay. glad you brought this up too. And not to make this a love fest for Charlie. But I am totally, when I get back to Brooklyn, I've already been inspired by your home because I'm like, I got to take one of my little corners in the house, decorate it for my little home off, well, it's a home corner, uh, to do do my Zoom calls, whatever. Uh, And I was like, I need it to look like Charlie's. Even if it's just this corner, I'm going to, I'm going to go. As soon as I do my quarantine for 14 days, I'm heading to Home Depot. And you can order so much online. When I keep showing people the wallpaper, they're like, what just happened? And I'm like, this is peel and stick, removable wallpaper. It took me two hours and with a ruler and some math. 
And now, boom, we really have to make our home like our safe space and our sanctuary. And I know that I'm feeling the, the urge to do that every second in every corner. But watching that versus on Saturday night with Jill and Erica and getting to go into their homes and see how it was good vibes only. Good vibes Girl. only. I was so excited. I think we all were anticipating it. I think I, I forgot that, you know, they had worked it out where the timing of the limitation of the hour was no longer a problem. So I kept anticipating a break, but then I was like, it was just going and going and they were vibing and vibing. And I think a lot of people shared this on Twitter in that it wasn't a battle. It really was a love, love fest, fest to these yeah. two women. And I'll confess something, just full disclosure, because the tweets are there. I really thought it was going to be Badu. I thought it was going to be Erica because I've, me and you know, I've talked about it. We're both huge Erica fans and I'm we still did. an Erica fan. But I forgot how much Jill's music really captured moments, moments, moments in time. And also she told stories about girl, I mean, from a female perspective that weren't widely known. I mean, someone I believe is former um, Christina Coleman, uh, our former uh, politics editor, reposted someone who said that Jill's music is best described as a girl who's trying to do her best. You know, she's doing all the things, but at the end of the night, she still ends up in a fight. And I was, I was like, Girl, I so love true. that because she, she really did make music for a certain type of woman, but we all related to it. I mean, just think about to her song where she was like, the, the, the intro is that her and she goes to the store and she's ringing up something and the girl smells her boyfriend on her. Yep. You know what I mean? Like who, who, who would ever thought to make a song about that? They made real ass woman music. Real and ass woman music. I was saying on our girl chat, that night that I realized with Erica and with Jill, like the songs have matured in age. Like it, you're right. It was like that learning time in our womanhood, particularly with relationships. And I was telling someone, someone was asking me, you know, why I love green eyes so much. Mm -hmm. And this is what I said, Corey. I said, that was the first song that told me that sometimes dudes ain't shit. And that you have to be above it. And what I mean by that is, before that, I feel like R&B was all feel-good love. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, oh, we're so in love. First time I saw you. When Erica was like, you can't be what I need you to. And I don't know why I fuck with you. That's like, they were singing the girlfriend lyrics to us that we needed to hear. Exactly. At those times in our lives. And no one had done that before. If you didn't have that friend that was going to tell you that, that he couldn't be what you needed him to, Erica was going to tell you. Jill was going to tell you. You know, and it was just, like, I just, I, and I have a confession. I thought it was going to start at nine. So oh, I actually. You didn't <laughs> well, miss much. Right. I woke up literally about to cry because I my phone went off, like, because I took a little power nap because I mm -hmm. knew I was going to get my life. Yeah, 7 p.m. was early. 7 p.m. was early. And yeah. I missed that memo somehow because all the other ones were late. Mm -hmm. And when I got up and realized I had missed it, girl, I thought I did, I was losing my mind. But thank God they were on TV time. Oh, yeah. Oh, all day. And then they talked for a long time. So the Hallelujah. point I was like, are they going to play the music? Girl. But I, I apparently I didn't miss much. You so did not. I miss got much. my whole life with you, Corey. Wasn't it special? It makes me think it was of all really, the other really special. I want to see do it. No, I know. And now I just hope it opens up. And, and now I also, again, going back to the fact that they did not battle per se, that it can it can't open up to people who gave you music that you just love. 
conversation. They are known for their vibe and you can, you know, you compare them with someone because it's also just their storytelling. That's exactly what I think people are there for now is the storytelling between these two. But, you know, wait, Corey, don't hate me. Go ahead. I have a very important question. Go ahead. Julie and I were on the phone the other night after Versus and we could not answer this. Who can battle with Janet? Right. Beyonce's coming to mind. Mm. Not no shade to be, but you need at least to have songs out in the same like era. You know how every artist has been able to Mm. kind of like, yes, they're both legendary in the same way, but I'm asking who could go toe to toe with Janet? Like, Oh, this is what you were feeling in 89. Check this, you know, or, Oh, this is 92. Like how Teddy and Babyface did. Yeah, but then you have people where where the challenge is you have people who didn't surpass a certain decade. Right. But everybody who's been on Versus thus far is going through decades, which is what's been interesting, right? That's always everybody's like legendary status that they can actually go round for round and actually think about like, oh, you played this, I'm going to play that. So we were trying, Julie and I were trying to figure out who would we want to see Janet do it with? Even not even a versus, just like a love fest. And she and Mariah are both equally iconic, but the music is so different. Yeah. The reason I bring up Beyonce is just because Beyonce's music, although it is very Black, it does chart on the pop charts. True. Um, So that's where I kind of see it, that respect. But I can see Janet and B for sure. Because when Janet plays, I miss you much. It's like, who, like, what's coming? Who is it? We, we, but in fairness, we also don't know who Mariah would battle with Whitney being gone. Like, who? Yeah. Who, who. The Janet one is a hard one because you're right. I mean, because I, I have, I listen to Janet, middle school, high right. school. I was going to, I was pausing and thinking about Mary. Because at least Mary came out early 90s. Mary did come up. Mary did come up. But I, that was the closest we came, actually. Funny you say that. But, and then and there we was also were Shaka. Like, yeah, oh, Shaka, maybe. But they are two different vibes. And then, like, Janet had everybody from a song with Q-Tip, you know, to, like, she could get, like, the features. You know what I mean? Like, I was really, we were really stuck. And so you guys tell us what you think. Hashtag Yes Girl Podcast. Who could go in the ring with Janet on a versus? We are stuck. Sisters and brothers, let us know. Brothers, y'all all right? <laughs> that was a setup, Charlie. That was a setup. I did it. I did it. But in the meantime, get into this wonderful light of a conversation we had with our sister, Khalid. Corey, I have a confession, sister. When what all- is your confession? When all of this started and everybody was like, we're, we're, we're just honing down, self-care, being with ourselves. All I kept thinking was, I just want to be on the farm with Khalees gardening and absorbing all of those good vibes. <laughs> That's how I wanted to feel. Like her Instagram makes me feel. Did you feel that? No, I feel that. I, yeah, it's kind of like a Zen moment. Like, you know what? Let me just go away. I just need to go away and be with the earth. Seriously? Be with the earth. Yes. I almost have to fly to LA, but good thing we didn't have to because since the new Netflix show Cook with Cannabis has launched on 420, Khalees is here on the show. Welcome, Khalees. Hey, girl. Hi, guys. Thanks Hi. for having me. 
Did you hear my farm dream confession? I, did. I heard it. You're more than welcome. We have a lot of space. <laughs> I made it so it's, it's a farm, but we've eliminated the roughing it elements. <laughs> so come on down. <laughs> so there's a lot of glamping. There's a it's lot of glamping. glamping farm. Well, it's funny because, you know, life is crazy and things happen. And like, we've been looking for farmland for so long. And when we finally... Like I still, I was like, okay, I'm going to sell my house. And I had my, you know, my house in LA and we were very comfortable. And then we first got out here and I had a moment of sheer panic. Like, oh my God, what have I done? <laughs> like, <laughs> and I just let myself, like, is this crazy? Like, I definitely had a moment of like, abort mission. Let's go back. <laughs> you could probably hear all the birds, everything. Beautiful. I mean, it took, it was a lot of work though, like to get it to a place where I didn't feel like I was like, you know, not still feeling like me. Like it is definitely connection with the earth. And I love that aspect of it. But it also, I needed all of my, like all my stuff and like all of my, you know, the things that make you feel whole. <laughs> Whether we want to admit it or not, like. Yeah. Right, Cause you're like a true born and bred New Yorker. Yes, I am. I am a Harlemite all the way. So. You needed uh, your creature comforts, they say. Yeah. Right? yeah, no, totally. And so that was like super important. Um, and my husband kept saying, well, we got, you're on a farm. And I'm like, that, sir, that is not the definition. <laughs> so we, we found some, you know, some leveled playing field. And, and so now it's definitely like, it's, it's very comfortable. So please come on down. I have a, a nerd, nerd girl question. Now that, you know, everything has been quieted down because we're, we've all been forced to stop. Have you seen anything like different with the animals or how the farm kind of speaks to you now that the world, the earth has kind of quieted down? Um, you no, know, it's interesting that you say that. You know what? There's a few things. I think being here is so, you feel very disconnected in a way anyway. So then you are forced to reconnect with other things. So that's, that's just sort of the nature of being here. Um, and I think also because like, you know, I like hardwired our house and everything. So we don't have any Wi-Fi in any of our structures here. So I thought that was really important. So we are very kind of like, when you're here, you're outside and you end up doing things that you would like, if you would ask me 10 years ago, I'd have been like, girl, bye. Like, there's <laughs> no way I'm doing that. But now I'm like, what's wrong? This is amazing. I love it. So I think like, I don't know that it's different because of, I think it's just the nature of being here. It's like, you're outside so much more. Um, and you're, you know, it's funny. Like my, I was calling my mom the other day and she was just like, girl, you guys are battling the elements. I was like, you have no idea. Every day it's something else. Like this morning I was on the call and I'm like, hold on a second, get the chickens. Like, and you know, like, <laughs> keep escaping, which is a whole other thing. But like things like that, that you're just, I never, when was I ever yelling, get the chickens? Like, you know, <laughs> I think it's just, it's quiet out here. So like you notice like what animals have attitude, what animals are easy, what animals can the kids go and handle on their own? Yeah. versus like where you know they need an adult like there's a lot of things that kind of you know that I'm just figuring out because like we only bought the farm it's almost a year but we moved in in September of last year so it's you know and I was on tour so I was gone and there was just so much work to be done so it's a process every day we're like oh my gosh like you know like that cow was stank like I did not realize that they told me she would not be they lied so like there's like all kinds of things that, like didn't know that. <laughs> Corey and I have been saying we are experiencing that. Like I'm like talking to the birds, like Snow White. Like yeah. we're doing, we're all getting a taste of that life. You know, right it's and it's amazing though, because it really is like, you realize so much like, 
I never consider myself like a nature person. I, I was from Harlem, right? And so like, and I love New York and I'm such a New Yorker. And for me, like a day out was like shopping. I'm like, we're gonna take a day outside. I'm gonna go shop. Like that was my, like I'm an outdoor event, right? Like, <laughs> connect with nature, like with yourself. That's what I felt. So this is a whole different thing. It's definitely like, my phone doesn't work half the time. You know, I'm like, let me go. And I find myself going to like sit with the vegetables. And it was funny because, you know, I've got my children and they grew up in the city too. And now like my oldest the other day, cause like it's, you know, springtime and now so everything's really starting to harvest. He came, he went outside and he was like, so wait, I can just like walk in here and like eat stuff. I used to have to fight with them to eat anything that was green. You know what I mean? Like, wow. and I, was like I can just, I can just pick you like, this is incredible. I can just pick up stuff and just eat it. And I'm like, yeah, sure. <laughs> you know, so wow. we're connecting in a different way. And so that's really cool. Like right off the tree. I'm like, we have so many fruit trees. You know, we just did our first olive harvest. So we did, um, we've been pressing our own olive oil, which is insane. So that was really exciting. And then, you know, just with all of our like produce and stuff, like we have so much. And because everything grows here, yes, baby. Well, yeah, but there's a trash can. Use the trash can over there, okay? Tell your brother. <clears throat> They're outside all day. And it's funny because like I find myself, my friend called me the other day and she's like, where's Shepard? And that's my little one. And I was like, I don't know. She's like, what do you mean you don't know? I was like, well, and it's funny. I said it, I had to laugh because I'm like, I would have, I mean, I could have never said that in LA. I'm like, I know exactly oh, yeah. what I'm here it's like he walks outside we're like who just opened the door it's the four-year-old he just went outside and he's like oh you know i got stuff to do so they're very it's like we're we're they're on the farm and they're doing farm stuff and they're outside so much more they're not asking for television or ipads all the time so that's definitely changed like just our lifestyle just inherently just being out here so how have you been able to like fit in working on a cooked with cannabis show like how were you able to like between like exploring farming mother well, you know i mean you know how we do right it's like it's a juggle we're constantly like hey got it okay <laughs> like you know so i mean it was really um the beauty of the show was that it was a really quick kind of like it, you know a lot of times tv can be very drawn out and this wasn't i went in i talked to them i was sort of i went in initially just trying to see like if this is something i was interested in and i wanted to see what the approach was um and, you know, it was it was a big deal. And so I really wanted to kind of like take it and think about it and what it meant. And was it going to mean all of that? Like, were they going to allow it to mean all of that? You know, and so like it was a lot of things for me that I sort of, you know, was was thinking about. Um, but really shortly after, like I first went and met with the producers and everything and kind of got a feel of what they wanted to do. Um, pretty much it wasn't it wasn't long after that. that they were like, OK, if you're down, we're down. Like, let's do it. And so by that point, I talked about it, prayed about it, talked to my mama, like every, you know, like kind of like had all the conversations I needed to have. And I felt really good about it. And so we went in and I, and it was a short time, even in the filming. So I was able to kind of be like, okay, this is the amount of time that we have blocked off for this. It wasn't like a long drawn out thing. It was short and sweet. Um, and it was a really easy process, I have to say. So I was able to juggle amongst all the other stuff. <laughs> I love that the show Cooked with Cannabis is dealing with something that used to be so taboo and now it's so yeah. mainstream. And this is huge. This is a cooking show. Yeah. I love it. No, it's crazy. And we just like we just hit like Netflix top 10, I think, in like two days, which is incredible. Um, but you know, I like I said, for me, I really it has been taboo. It was also branded and labeled, it became an ethnic issue it became something i was really cognizant because i wanted to make sure that yes it's lighthearted and it's fun and it's all these things but just because 
were able to make money from it and and prosper and do all these wonderful things from it now there are still there's still a lot of suffering behind it there's still a lot of things that need to be touched on and i thought that, that was really important um and so yeah it's it's incredible it's absolutely incredible one of our chefs that we had you know um, competing on the show like he's from chicago and i don't even you know we did it last year i don't think it's even i'm not sure if it's legal now but it wasn't at the time right. so he's there representing knowing that he's got friends and family that are incarcerated behind it and yet he's in fabulous you know los angeles in this wonderful set doing this fabulous show and so there was a lot of like emotion and stuff that people were you know was dealing with in the midst of it so it's definitely it's powerful though that's why i was excited because i felt like if it's going to be done it needs to be done right and i'm i felt i feel good that we that we did it some justice at least in its introduction well khalees you're not new to food shows i mean you had your own on the cooking channel called khalees saucy and sweet you've had food trucks you know we all know that you're a uh, professionally trained chef so what about what else about the show made you jump on and say, I can do, I want to get involved with this? Well, you know, I am not down for any kind of buffoonery. So for me, I was really like, first of all, like as far as from the cannabis perspective, like who do we have involved? Who knows what the hell is going on? Which like really what they're doing. And they had some fantastic experts that have been in the field for a very long time. And then on the chef side, when I started to see like who they were considering, these are also people who were chefs for sure. And then also in, on, in conjunction with that, were able to incorporate cannabis as an actual ingredient, as opposed to just like, let's make some, you know, make some weed butter and like, and like <laughs> all that. So like, I wanted like the real deal. I wanted like really great chefs so that there was nothing compromised. And so when I saw their lineup, I was like, oh, this is dope. Like they had some really good chefs. Like I was shocked. I was talking to my mom laughing, like I don't do vegan anything. And like they had vegan chefs on there that were like, I was like, this is fantastic. <laughs> So it, all around, it was just like kind of the creme de la creme. Like they had all the best of everything. So that was dope. It made it easy. And it's such an educational moment, yes. right? For people yeah. who understand this, the world and the industry and how it all comes together and how many different ways it affects different communities and different people. Right. What do you want the number one takeaway to be for viewers when they watch this? Oh, man. Um, that number, I mean, two things, I think. The two main things that I think I kept focusing on was on one level the artistry of it it's an art form um and just that it's extremely cannabis along with food is an extremely useful tool and it's become you know it was so kind of scoffed at for so long and it was people had no idea it's still such a new industry mm -hmm. i learned so much even in being on the show like i from the chefs i learned stuff as far as like how to incorporate cannabis all the different ways you can incorporate the right way versus the wrong way from the experts that we had behind the scenes, I learned so much. I mean, it was, I was like taking notes. Like, so that for me, I hope that people are able to take away really just like valuable information for how to properly incorporate this into your lifestyle. The idea of microdosing is a totally different thing than, you know, let's just get, let's get messed up. Like, you know what I mean? Like, this is not that. This is like, eat these brownies. Right. You know, this is like, go to work, be a mom, right. do, do your job, be responsible and still be able to maintain these types of things where it's not just leisure, but actual, like there are really medicinal benefits to it that have been, we were stripped of, you know, because we used to use it a long time ago. So I think like, that's what I hope people are getting from it on top of the fact that like these chefs were bomb and they really knew what they were doing. And we also love, like, to know now this backstory of the chefs, but they're all varying ages. Like the first yeah. episode with the lady with the white hair, like, I was yeah. like, 
Oh, I'm going to fly until I'm older. Well, the funny thing was, yeah, she the whole time was just like, I was doing this before it was cute. Like, she was really, like, <laughs> she was, like, dosing. Like, she was on her own thing. It was funny. <laughs> yeah, she comes from a totally different era. I mean, think about it. She started, like, when I was born. Like, really, you know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, she was dead ass. Like, I started this in the 70s. Like, word? Like, that's, like, a whole other thing, you know? <laughs> Up against kids who are, like, in their 20s, you know what I'm saying? So, like, it was definitely, it was full spectrum. But I think that is kind of a testament to, like, food is the language of, it's a complete international language. And then cannabis, because it's been such a secret, you didn't realize that like auntie over there was getting, you know what I mean? Or, or that this, like, you had no idea. Do you know what I mean? Like, and all of a sudden it kind of, it's a real unifier too. Like you start to see people in a whole different way. Yeah. Is cooking self-care for you? It's it's your, you know, it's the second career or, or fourth. You are a multi-hyphenate, <laughs> like dynamic, I mean, like receipts and receipts. But like, is it also self-care for you? Because I think right now we're all just like grasping for ways to care at home. And like people keep saying food, y'all. Meal. No, a hundred percent. A hundred percent. I think yeah. like I'm big on like abundance and decadence. And I love my life to be, I feel like I don't waste any moments. And food is such a huge part of that, you know? And like, I think we have, there are so many misconceptions about what's healthy. And especially I think in the black community, there's a lot of like, we're always taking guidelines and pointers from other people as opposed mm-hmm. to back and where this whole thing started and what genuinely is best for us as a people. And so for me, I feel like I'm always researching and I'm always looking stuff up and I'm experimenting and food really is about like feeling it's well-being, you know, it's how you show love and it's how you, I love to eat. So like, <laughs> <laughs> me too. <laughs> love to eat. You know what I mean? So I'm always like, ooh, like that. I, I plan my days around like snacks and food and like, you know, so making sure that they are optimal and that they're giving back, you know, what I need them to give. Like that's so important. So yeah, absolutely. I'm curious, do you follow recipes or do you kind of like just wake up and like, I'm going to take some collards, some pork bat, you know what I mean? How do you cook? How do you? Um, it depends on what it, it depends. It varies. You know, there are things that like. Well, first of all, I'm not a baker, but I do bake a lot. So I find myself I do more recipes when I'm baking because it's not my like it's not my real thing. You know, it's not where I'm gifted at. Like I can bake, but I would never tell anyone I'm a baker or a pastry chef. <laughs> I definitely use more you know recipes from that aspect. Um, as far as like when I'm cooking, cooking is like. It's a lot like music in the sense that like when you understand certain fundamentals, like it's like you have to learn the basics first and then you can kind of play and add upon all of that. But you have to you have to have a foundation. Um, So generally, like I cook from my understanding of the ingredients. And so like even if I'm trying something new, it's because I understand for the most part what it's going to do and how it's going to react, whether it's with steam or fire or butter or, you know, whatever that is. So I definitely... um, I take guidelines sometimes. Like I'm cooking something from like Malaysia that I've never cooked before. Like I understand why these ingredients work, but I want to, I I try to deconstruct it and go back to the beginning sort of, you know, so I I really understand. Wait, I have to put Charlie on the spot for one second. Uh Uh-oh. But because we're talking to a chef right now. Okay. (laughs) So Charlie, Charlie doesn't cook. At all? Look at her face. Just don't. Tell Charlie, like, what are the three things she, well, let's say five, three to five things she must have in her kitchen. Oh, that's important. Okay. For beginners. 
for beginners? <laughs> well, um, let's see. I would say as far as ingredients go, um, so like every culture has kind of their like sofrito, their starter, right? Yeah. I think me personally, like for African, Caribbean, like the flavors that I personally like, which you have to decide what you like. It might be if it's French or if it's whatever that is, there's always a starter, right? And things you should always have. So onion is a real universal one. So you should always have a yellow onion, right? Garlic. And then for me personally, I would opt for like peppers over carrots generally. French would be like, if you like more European or French kind of cuisine, then you go with like celery, carrots, onions, right? If you're more like me and you go for more like the spicier kind of like colorful, heartier things, then you would go with like onions, garlic, peppers. Um, and that's, you can pretty much, honestly, there are so many different things you can do. Like stewed chicken, you can do all kinds of curries. You can do, um, I mean, really anything. Like it's sort of for all the soups and braises and things like that. It's such a great, like if you don't have those things, you're kind of asked out. So that would be like, as far as ingredients, my main things to say. And then really you need a food processor. I tell every, all of my, like, I have like all these younger girls that work for me. I'm always like, girl, do you have a food processor? Cause we can't even talk to you. Like get a food processor. Why? Like teach, I'm like, look. I'm like, to cut up this stuff, yeah. It's kind of like, it's like a chef's like, like, can I do stuff by hand? Yeah, I can. But like, first of all, why if I'm doing yeah, it every day? Yeah. Secondly, like it's an equalizer. So if you don't cook the way I cook, it makes it so that like, if I'm talking to you over the phone and I'm like, hey girl, you want to make, you know, jerk chicken, whatever you want to make, whatever you want to make. I know that yours came out like mine came out. <laughs> because of the food processor. Yes. It's like, hey, this is a great, so that that way I know how long to tell you cook time. Because if your pieces are much larger or not even like mine are, then your cook time is going to be different. Right. And the amount of liquid that you need is going to be different. So it's kind of like, I just feel like it's a really good, like, it kind of simplifies everything and it equalizes everything. So if you're going by a recipe, you kind of know what you're getting. Do you know what I mean? It, it leaves it leaves less mess. <laughs> like, <laughs> I have just changed my husband's life in isolation. Oh, I burnt eggs. There's so like even like last night, you know what I was kind of you know you get especially because we live so far out here. Like Postmates is not an option. So like we cook every single day. And so like, you get tired. You're like, I'm tired of eating. I'm just tired. Like, I'm tired of the same stuff. Like, I'm just get over it, right? Even as a chef, I'm like, I don't have no ideas. Like, I don't know. Can someone else cook for me? Like, you know, you just sort of feel like, and I was like, okay, well, what do we do? So I was like, okay, well, let's do meatballs. And, you know, with the easiest thing to do is because my kids were involved is to be like, okay, great. So throw it in the food processor. It's the yeah. easiest thing in the world. You know, it's like, Oh, okay. Well, let's make Swedish meatballs. Like, why would we do that? Like, you know what? <laughs> let's let's get a little fancy. Swedish meatballs. And so it's I'm like, what do you have? And it's kind of the things that you're gonna have always around. You should always have milk and heavy cream. You should always have garlic. You should always have some kind of onions. Um, you should always have bread, that kind of thing. Like, so through it all in the food processor, you know, and within 40 minutes, we had Swedish meatballs and lindenberries and mashed potatoes, and you know what I mean? So, like that kind of thing is like. There must. You should, you should definitely have a food processor. <laughs> Thank you. I'm going to order one right now. Yeah. <laughs> also, I love that you talk about incorporating your sons. And one of the things I want to ask you is, one of the things I love about you as a woman is that it's clear when you make up your mind about something, you're doing it. That's it. We've yeah. watched your career. <laughs> We've watched you and you're just such a free spirit, but also so fiercely focused on what you want. 
What are you teaching your sons uh, from your lifestyle? What do you want them to take away? Well, you know, it's funny because like being totally transparent, you look at your kids and you're like, you are spoiled. Like, (laughs) you're like, I love you. And I recognize this is my fault, but like, you are spoiled. And what do I do about that? Like, damn. So like you look and like, I've worked so hard at like, keeping them as grounded and as, and out of the, all of this as I possibly can. Um, but it's, it, it, there's nothing you can do to get around it. Like they did not grow up the way that I grew up. Like that's, they just didn't, you know what I mean? Like my mom was way stricter. I grew up in Harlem. Everything about it is like, it's just like, <laughs> you know, this is the dumb stuff you don't think about when you're having this perfect little baby. And you're like, they're going to have an edge and they're going to have all the things that I had because they're going to grow up. Like, no, no, that is not realistic. Like they will be lovely and you will love them, but they will not be like you were. <laughs> so like, I think, I don't know. I think it's just, I'm not a coddler, first of all. Um, and I think it's also easy because I have boys, but I'm very much like shake it off. And I think, it's because they are so much more privileged than I grew up. I want them to understand they see me work. You know what I mean? Like I'm not the mom that's like cleaning their room for them. Like that's not, the housekeeper's not doing it. I'm not doing it. I'm like, if you want to live in a pigsty, sir, that is, <laughs> okay. make sure the door closes. And like, I'm not, so there's silly little things that just become part of our life. Um, especially now being on the farm, like, they have chores, you know, it's like, you need to be a part of this. And at first they were like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah, all right. our land. And if it goes to hell, then it's like, I got nothing to give you. Like, this is it. So work it out, homie, like get it together. So they're very like, uh-oh, mama's coming. <laughs> you know, but they're part of the whole like ecosystem that we're building here. And I think that's like, that's really important. Um, they're not on iPhones and iPads. And like, I try to keep it as like, I try to keep them as grounded as possible. Nothing for them. I'm always like, I, I work really hard. And so I'm able to do these certain things for you, but you're not, you didn't, it's like you earned it. <laughs> it's like, it's cause I love you and I'm a sucker, but it's not because like you just deserve it. Like I could love you and never do these things. <laughs> like, like you know and she loved us so like you just you do the best you can and you try to keep them um they understand that all this is a job for me too and so like they're not really impressed like they're like excited for me as children are but they're not like this is not the end-all be-all they're like that lady works (laughs) like works yeah and I bring them on tour so they see it like my kids tour with me so even when this whole like COVID thing happened, like I was in Austria at the time and we had to fly back and they're like, you're leaving. I was like, yeah, we got to go. <laughs> we got to get home. We got to get home. Yes. We got to go. Yeah. <laughs> it's getting very real. <laughs> I love that they get to see your life. Yeah. You know, it's funny when I first had night, my oldest, I got a lot of questions about like what I was going to censor for them. And it's definitely an, it's an everyday question you ask yourself. Um, but I never wanted to have to censor myself from them. And so even like with the show, you know, I was like, okay, we're talking about weed and like, (laughs) you know, but I thought about it and I was just like, I'm not ashamed of it. And like, I'm really proud of myself. And I think that it was important and I want them to understand that. And so I'm sitting there watching the show with my kids and my son's like, what's high? (laughs) And I'm like, well, you know, (laughs) and we have to break that stigma also, I think, 
just thinking about cannabis the same way, like, you know, I was studying to get my sommelier certification at one point and like, no one's looking at me like, oh, she's an alcoholic. Like, no, I'm not. It's about the, st- the art of it. Right. And so it's the same thing with cannabis. It's like, I think if we approach it a certain way, we can take all the stigmas away so that it does become an art and it becomes respected as opposed to like, you know, just someone over there, like a stoner like that. I think that's really important. I'll tell you watching the show. That's what it did for me because I, I don't smoke and uh, I'm like at all. So that, yeah. Yeah. And for me, it's, uh, it's really personal because, you know, my father was a drug addict, but that's a whole other story. So I have a lot of issues with it, but watching the show, it made it elegant. And I was like, maybe I will try, maybe I will. I would love to be invited to a cannabis infused dinner. (laughs) Because I feel like that's a, 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 for me personally, that'd be a way to introduce to actually see the natural benefits of it as opposed to what I've constantly, right. my, my previous memories. Right. No, absolutely. I did a, um, for my birthday, I had one of the, like a friend of mine is actually was one of the chefs, the experts from the show um, behind the scenes, like did like a, for my 40th did a cannabis infused dinner. And so I had a lot of friends that were there that I'd never, they were like, Oh my God, Kay's crazy. Why is she doing this to us? <laughs> and like, at the end of it, I was like, okay guys, like, you know what? And everybody, it's funny because across the board and, friends from all over the place everyone was like it was the greatest experience like and it's not scary anymore and you know you do want someone that actually knows like what they're doing and understands proper dosing and the idea is not to scare the crap out of people and you know have have someone have a terrible you know experience but there is so much like that you can do you know like I used to have really bad migraines and I stopped um you know, with, there was a whole bunch of like extra stuff that was happening as far as like my vocal cords and I ended up having polyps and I had to have surgery and all this crap because of like Advil and just all the ibuprofen that was not good for my body. And so when I started, you know, they started uh, recommending, a friend of mine actually started, started recommending taking um, all kinds of like tinctures and stuff like that, like the oils and things. And I was like, ugh. and I'm usually, at, you know, at the time I was the kind of person that was just like the natural, like, give me the drugs, like, give me, what is the doctor? Yes, I am. You know what I mean? I was like, I never got time for all this herbalization. I'm like, <laughs> not like the real deal. And like, it was out of necessity that because it just, I, you know, the Advil, it was like, I had to keep taking more. It wasn't working. Yeah. It's so bad. It's not weird. It wasn't working. I have not taken an Advil in like three years or an ibuprofen or an Aleve or anything else like that. And that for me was game changing too, just to be like, that's actually crazy. And then my mom is like a lot of, there's so many uses for it. You don't have to be high to use it. Like real talk. There's so many different parts of the plant that are just becoming part of like, you know, talk and conversation now. So explore. I'm like, you'll learn a lot. (laughs) All right. That's my first, I think I'm going to add that to the top of my bucket list. When we get back yeah, to normal. It can be really fun because there, you know, there is a fun aspect to it, but like there's THCA and CBN and all these different components to the plant that have no psycho effects at all, you know, so you will not feel high. Um, but you'll definitely feel like, oh, anti-inflammation and, you know, no anxiety and no stress and I'm not gritting my teeth and my period is easier. Like all these things, you know so what I mean? So many benefits. So yeah. many, so many. First, I'm going to learn to cook. And then I'm going to learn. <laughs> well, you can text me. I tell all my friends to text me because I'm like, I'll help you. This don't struggle. <laughs> I'm so going to text you. So <laughs> I need you to know. I'm just going to do it. <laughs> and I get questions that I shouldn't even be getting. I'm like, you know, I don't do that. <laughs> I am on the struggle bus. I taught myself to pan sear last week and I was super excited oh, about it. That's helpful, though. That's good. So, yeah. all those fundamentals that you learn are going to be part of 
the bigger things you want to do. So you're yeah, yeah I'm ready. Any trouble? Hit me up. I, I am. No, I'm serious. I'm gonna find you right on the DM. Text you whatever you want. Right. <laughs> Some of us never learned. Like, I know, you know, like I didn't have, like my mom passed when I was little, then my grandma passed. And like thinking back and just being raised by my dad, I was like, oh my God, he just had, it was chicken fingers, broccoli, milk, and right. I never learned. So I do How do you eat people, now though? What like, do we eat? How do you eat now? Like what's your- I will literally throw a piece of chicken breast in a Pyrex dish, sprinkle salt and pepper on it and heat up some steamable vegetables. Like that is my life. But are you happy? Like, like do you like? Because if you like that, then you're winning. But do you wish that there were more? <laughs> yes, sir. I crave flavor. I mean, my husband can cook, so he'd kill me if I didn't acknowledge that. Okay. He can cook, but I'm struggling. Someone, yeah. someone in the family has to. Someone, someone <laughs> totally get down. But you know, speaking of quarantine and all of this, Corey and I've been asking our guests, and right, Corey, it's been I think it's kind of dear to our heart. What are you learning about yourself with all this time with yourself? Oh, that I love it. I'm good. Okay. (laughs) You're like, I'm never going back outside. Yeah. What? What is out there? (laughs) (laughs) No, it's but my friends were like, girl, you were built for this. I'm like, what? Like, I love it. You're good. Well, because I, you know, like I said, I was on tour even when this whole thing happened. So I think because my I'm an extremist anyway, and my life is so extreme that like you know, you'll be on the road for three months or four months. And you're like, I have met more people and snuggled and hugged and don't nobody touch me. Don't talk to me. Like I need to go home. Like, you know, so I was like, I'm great. (laughs) And I I was in my apartment. I might feel different, but being here and being, you know, having space, we don't feel cooped up. Like I can be outside whenever I need to be outside and we go on walks and like, you know, my sons just came in with eggs. Like they literally just brought eggs in. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and we're out here fighting over eggs in the grocery store. Corey, we need a farm. You we need, need a farm. I guess it too. You know, like when this is all over, you really, I would love, you guys should come over. We'll cook, we'll eat, we'll eat off the land. We have cows, we've got goats, we've got chickens. Everything is, it's beyond, I mean, you know, we make a joke here. We're like, it's beyond organic because organic is some crazy certification that comes from the USDA. Oh, yes, like, yeah. I've never been on this, but the air, <laughs> water, I and like it. me and, you know, the kids buzzing with it every now and again. Like that, it's as fresh and as like pure as you can really get. So, Corey. Space here, so I would, yes, girl goes to the farm. Because yes, girl goes to the farm. I'm here for it. We're coming. Yes, do some dinners in the olive grove. I mean, I've been saying it because it's so pretty. And yeah, come chill, eat, hang out. It's happening. Yeah, it's good. Oh, I love it. I want it. I'm down. I'm down. Come, come out, please. You're more than welcome. Please, you have such a great vibe. Thanks. Thank you for being you. I Thank love you it. So much for listening. I appreciate it. It's fun. We appreciate you. you so much, and good luck with whatever amazing thing you're doing next. Thank you. Your, keep us, you keep it interesting. We love it. Like, I'm busy. Stay <laughs> <laughs> <Very> busy. <laughs> no, but truly, we love it. And thank you so much for stopping thank by you. the show. Very appreciate thank that. you. Thank you. Be sure to listen and subscribe to other great episodes of Yes, yes Girl, Girl, such as our conversations with Raphael Sadiq. Kelly Rowland, Regina King, and Fantasia. You can check out our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Our Heart Radio, and Google Play. And while you're there, be sure to rate us and review us. See you next week. Bye.